Yorkie in the pistol. Now Collins stands next to him in the shotgun. Yorkie asks for it and now has it. Yorkie will throw across the middle. Got it complete. Cody Rice behind the Wolverines. He dives. Touchdown, Michigan State. He split the defenders and the Spartans strike first in Ann Arbor. This is Spartan Red Zone, your source for the best MSU and college football analysis, picks, banter, and anything else going on in the college football world. Here's your host, Brian Collins. I, 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 I don't know how to start the show today, guys. It's Ryan Collins alongside Nathan Stearns, Joe Dandron, and Eric Bach. Eric Bach is the broadcaster here. Do you have a poetic opening for today? Because I, I just, well, I'm hey. too excited to get it out. The poetic opening is that new open. How about oh, that? Oh yeah, you're How right. That yeah. new intro. Fantastic. The music. The music is hype. I love the music. Yes. Shout out Hank and Evan putting that together. But yeah, that's the poetic. That's the um, I'm saving. I mean, I'm saving my real poetry for Saturday, Collins. I can't waste it on you guys. I got. I just. I I I'm a loss for words. We, we, we prepare for this show. We get into like prepare dot. We, we talk about what we're going to talk about. The lights just came on and I just got nervous for the first time doing this show in maybe like two years because I, I mean, I never thought it would be here, but Big Ten football back this week, boys. So I'm exciting. Just, I mean, we're just fist pumping in the chat. We're not even talking. This is probably the worst <laughs> podcast ever right now, but we're, I, mean, I don't know how, how to explain my emotions right now. Sturge, you, you have to be ready to break down the three technique so much on Saturday. How pumped are you for that? You know, it, it, I am quite happy using my high school <laughs> football knowledge. I, you see a lot of stuff in high school that you do in college and that you even do in the NFL. Some of the schematic stuff is similar inside zones, inside zone, outside zones, outside zone, a cover two is a cover two and a slant and a dig or a slant and a dig. So I'm, Really looking forward to actually talking about something good and trying to be a semi-good color commentator. Uh, you know, first year on the football, be really excited about that, even though, you know, we can't travel to a lot of the sort of hallmark places of the Big Ten. It's still a lot better than sitting at home and drunk crying because Michigan State's not scoring 17 points a game. That's true. Dandron, our state news reporter right now. Are you, are you, are you, you guys are all in the attendance on Saturday, right? Uh, yeah, so now, so Eli McCune and I are both going to be at the game. Um, we'll have a photographer with us as well. But, yeah, so we'll be up in the box. I'm excited. The uh, I walk to every game that's at home. I walk from my house on Gunson Street to Spartan Stadium. And Respect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again. But it's going to feel – usually I go and I hit a tailgate on the way. Um, well, you know, get some food. Danger, I think you could park this year and maybe not like – You can. Game. No, I'm walking, man. It's tradition. Okay, I kind of respect I that. I, I like I, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk past the Riv on the way, just check it out, see if there's anybody in line. There's not gonna be anybody in line actually. But you can't be in line. Come on, Dandron, get with the times. Hey, but, line uh, leap, line leap. Yeah, yeah, whatever that is. No free ads. But what's it called? I I feel <laughs> you. I I walk to Holden. It doesn't matter where I live. If I live in Cedar Village or Lewis, I always walk to the Holden basement, like I did today, walking in the rain. My roommate said, "You need a ride." I'm like, "No, I'm gonna walk." Because I, I I miss the walks on campus, don't you guys? It's the best. Yeah, part. no, you I don't do. miss it. Oh, Bach, there is nothing like walking through North neighborhood on a game day. Fall colors all around you. Ooh. Beautiful. Oh, I'm sure just so locked it. in on game days. I don't have time for that. I'm okay, not talking whatever. about game day. I'm just talking about regular life. Oh, I'm just talking about game day. 
Okay. Oh. Whatever. We're not on the same page, but whatever. What's College new? football show. Stearns. Per usual. I mean, I like how you put this on the top of the show. Coastal Carolina is ranked. Another team that's not North Carolina that Nathan Stearns lights from the state of not. No, they're South Carolina, right? Yep. They're in Myrtle Beach. But only in 2020 could Coastal Carolina and Marshall be ranked. Only in 2020. And Marshall's I'm sure- good, though. Normally they're not. Normally they're a very iffy yeah. team, man. They're not. You don't. You don't really see Old Dominion or Charlotte or UTEP or any of the other conference USA teams ever doing anything. So when's the last time you can say Marshall was ranked? I mean, it, it's yeah. Might have been since uh, Randy Moss was there. They were like D two though with Randy Moss. They, I mean, Marshall like has like sort of a historic program because they have like good quarterbacks like Pennington and Leftwich and Randy exactly, Moss. Exactly obviously. So, I don't know. But, yeah, Coastal Carolina, Marshall ranked wild. Something that's not wild, Georgia can't beat Bama. What a surprise. Georgia that was the is, least surprising outcome. Yeah. The they don't have a quarterback. Stetson Bennett is a JUCO quarterback playing in the SEC. Like, don't like Stetson. Um, he went eight to 40, Collins, and he had three picks. You <laughs> <laughs> complete 50% of your passes. I mean, they're a good team, but, no, he's not the answer. Well, he's – I'm going to amend my statement. He might be okay to be the Georgia starting quarterback, but he's certainly not good enough to be the Georgia starting quarterback that beats Alabama. There. Like, there's – Georgia is going to go as far as he takes them. And, you know, Georgia's vaunted defense got pretty exposed on Saturday night too. So, I mean – Yeah. Georgia's I, yeah. Just not, they're just not – Alabama, other than last year when LSU had the anomaly – great year Alabama owns the SEC and that's just the facts of the the facts of life is JT Daniels a better option I am assuming they're gonna go to him I don't know if he's healthy though that's yeah Yeah, you'd think that a guy with that much talent isn't hasn't you know didn't get playing time against Bama right when it's a blowout yeah maybe he's not did Mathis get in at all former Michigan State commit Dwayne Mathis and Ohio State commit I don't know I I, he was the starter coming in. He didn't look very good week one, so I don't know what they do there. Whatever. I mean, it looks like another Clemson-Bama title game. I mean, these teams are just knocking knocking everyone out. I mean, I, I, I mean, UNC loses. Stearns is probably happy about that as a UNC hater. Um, just a bad performance at all levels. I mean, you can't lose to Florida State. And they had a chance to to you know right the ship at the end, and they just fell apart. Like they, they got off to that terrible, awful start. Twenty-eight three, I think. And then they played their way back into the game, and then they just couldn't finish it. So that's just like double frustrating if you're a UNC fan. Like you get off to this terrible start, come back and play a lot better, like you should have played at the beginning of the game. And you have a chance to win the game at the end, and then you then you ruin it again. So it's like it's kind of like they lost twice yeah. on Saturday. You're not going to beat anybody giving up two hundred plus yards on the ground. I mean, Webb and Trey destroy the UNC rushing defense up one way and down the other. And you are not going to beat anybody like that. But that's a game, if you're UNC, you can't lose. You just can't. Because Florida State's a very middling one-two win ACC team. I believe, I believe Mac Brown is now 0-7 against Florida State all time. I don't think he's ever yeah. beat him. That's not, yeah. Tough bounce. Florida State stinks. That's a really bad loss for UNC, who I thought actually could maybe – like make a run in the ACC, but it doesn't really look like it. 
Another team in the ACC that I'm not really thrilled about, Notre Dame does not look good at all. And I, I, I'm the biggest Ian Book guy there probably is. He has not been that good this year. And the offenses in general is just – there's major problems there. Clemson comes to South Bend in two or three weeks. Watch out. That could uh, – yeah. That could be a – that could that could be Get on ugly. Yeah. If, if Clemson plays like they did Saturday and Notre Dame plays like they did Saturday, that is no closer than three scores. What was the Clemson score? 73-7 to seven or something like that? Yes, 73-7. Notre Dame hasn't played anybody and they look bad. That's the other thing. I mean, Duke, South Florida, Florida State, Louisville, none of those teams jump off their page. They're all one-two win teams. They all have losing records. And you're yeah, that... with Louisville, who's and... yeah, we're in conference, I believe, in the ACC. It's like, come on, guys. That's what I was going to say is that that Louisville game, I remember seeing that 12-7 score. Odd score, by the way, but I couldn't believe that Notre Dame couldn't, you know, win. I mean, Louisville's defense stinks too. They're not yeah. good on the defensive yeah. side of the football. Hundred passing yards. That's not good at all. So bad. Nope, not good. Know what is good though, guys? Big Ten football's back. Yep. And, and we've kind of been hinting at this the past couple of weeks that we're going to do a full, comprehensive kind of Big Ten preview. Because this year is kind of weird. It's not like a national preview. It's more concentrated on the Big Ten schedule and who wins the Big Ten. Because, I I mean, whoever wins the college football playoff this year, I don't know if it's an asterisk, but it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be different. I, I don't know how to describe it. It'll just have like its own little thing, like the Lakers. Like, I don't I don't consider them winning a title in asterisk, but it'll be different. So I think winning your conference will be extra important as it compared to any other year. In my opinion, the only champ, the only COVID championship, COVID time championship that should have an asterisk is baseball because of how much significantly shorter the season was. You know, basketball was in the bubble for three months. Hockey had their own bubble for almost the exact same time. Um, college football, you're going to, we're going to know where everybody is by the time the college football playoff comes yes. around. Like the top four teams are going to be evident. And those four teams will play each other. So I, I don't see this being an asterisk year as long as, you know, they actually are able to finish the season and all the teams that should be there are there at the end, God willing. But yes, anyway, it's Big Ten football time. It is. And the chill, last week, the chill kind of hit East Lansing and you felt it. And, and, and you saw like on the calendar, it's like seven days till kick. You're like, now it feels real. Like we're three days away from kickoff for recording this on a Thursday I mean, I'm juiced. We already said that earlier. But when you look at this Big Ten Conference, it's kind of weird this year because when you look on paper, you kind of assume that's a deep year in the Big Ten. To me, it's just Ohio State and everybody else. And I I, I, I don't know. That's not really a hot take. But I'm not really impressed by any of these other teams other than Ohio State. Am I wrong? Penn State losing Journey Brown potentially for the season is very damaging to them offensively. Um, He was really going to, in my opinion, going to be the guy that was like the next able to take on Saquon's former role in that offense. First round projection. Yeah. And I mean, the the last three games of last year, he looked like Saquon in college. And um, so his having, they didn't disclose what his medical problem is. Which is kind of weird. so, yeah, and but they said it wasn't COVID related, so you Which know, it's even it's just a weird situation. 
but so Penn State losing him is a is a is a hit to their chances to challenge Ohio State in the East because I think it's Ohio like you said Collins it's Ohio State 10 feet of crap Penn State and then Penn State and maybe Michigan are there is there now with Penn State if they can get some quarterback play if Joe Milton is the Messiah the guy that they think he is and I think it's 100% boom or bust with him. I don't think you're going to get a Shea Patterson mediocre type guy. I think Joe Milton is really going to take the reins of that offense and really take off, or he's just going to fall flat on his face. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any in between for him. And Michigan's taking a gamble on him, and I, I guess for them, hopefully it works out. I mean, Stearns, I want your opinion. Being growing up in the shadow of the big house, when. You- when I look at Milton and I mean, what we've been reading the last two weeks is they're giving him like Cam Newton comparisons, which is super unfair and stuff like that. But the still sets there, the still set is obviously there. And there's a reason they moved on from Dylan McCaffrey, who is like, like bots said, he's serviceable and he's probably above average quarterback in the big 10 for them to move on from him says something about the talent of Joe Milton. I personally, I think the defense is going to be a problem this year. I just, I, I wonder what you think. Boy, where do I start? You're talking, <laughs> I've actually played football with the son. He was the son of uh, Michigan's former offensive coordinator, Tim Drevno. And I always told him, I said, Zach, the name of the guy I played with, every year it's the same thing. You can make the argument that in terms of efficiency, the best quarterback since Harbaugh has been at Michigan was Jake Rudock. Rudock went nine and three and they won the Citrus Bowl. Okay. And he had a lower ceiling coming out as a great transfer out of Iowa than anybody else. And you put it so eloquently, Collins, a couple of weeks ago when you said, How many times have we heard this story? Shea Patterson was supposed to be the second coming. Wilton Spate was supposed to be the second coming. And the the thing I know Milton's played sparingly, but by all accounts, his accuracy is really boomer bust. Okay, and if if that's him in true Cam Newton fashion, where he's boomer bust, oh, gonna... I forgot you. The Carolina Panthers fan Nathan Cern hates Cam Newton. Maybe the Stop worst take Cam. ever. Stop hating on Cam Newton. This is objective. Okay, <laughs> some games was outstanding, but there were other games when he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, and he was completing fifty five percent of his passes. Just was because he was throwing off his back foot and overthrowing Funches Olsen and Benjamin. If that's what Milton's going to be, you're going to have some games where he looks like, from an elusiveness aspect, the next Cam Newton, maybe the next Russell Wilson. But you're going to have other games where his accuracy is going to go up and down. And I think you're going to have flashes where Milton looks very, very good. And you're going to have flashes where he looks very, very bad. And I think that amounts to another eight and four, or not eight and four, I'm sorry. <laughs> he ain't game near that. I don't Five know. and three, maybe something like that. Because I don't. I think they're below Penn State. Yeah. Ohio State. They're, if you look at all the Big Ten teams tiered, if you look at that from like a West perspective, they're kind of on the same level with Iowa, at least in my opinion. Maybe Wisconsin. Eh. If Michigan I, loses on Saturday to Minnesota, five and three is smacking them right in the face. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that game later in the pick. Um, sports to snow. You see that? So I'd been snow- I got a buddy at Minnesota. I was actually on the team before he had to mentally retire, but he's literally, he sent me a picture this week, just blizzard. So that, that adds to me way to open your season. Just 
blizzard with a new quarterback on the road against a Minnesota team that returns a ton. But when you looked at the West, Stearns, and, and I want to get Dandron in the midst here, I I was looking at the odds, and I see Minnesota is the fourth like best percentage of winning this this side of the conference. I think Minnesota's the favorite. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, I see to me. Wisconsin's favored in favor in Vegas, and they don't have Jack Cohn this year. I know they're going with Mertz, the five star, but I don't get it. I think Minnesota's a clear and away best team in the West. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. To me, Minnesota, because you return um whatever Tanner Morgan, right? Very good and, quarterback. Yeah, I mean great quarterback. I mean, and you I mean, yeah, you lose a little bit of pieces on defense. I know they had a guy get drafted in the second round who's a really good safety. Um, but to me, I mean, that was kind of a surprise year last year, right? Mm-hmm. I think that the only way they go under Fleck is up, you know, yeah. because he's, he's going to have his guys in the system. And I think that this team definitely, to me, when I just think about it, you know, just like the eye test, whatever, to me, this is the team that is going to win the division. I don't really see a lot like Wisconsin. I mean, you know, Jonathan Taylor, no, I get like they're going with that five star, but like, I don't know, to me, you've got to go with Minnesota unless they, for some reason, take a massive step back. You know, I didn't really think – I knew they lost some pieces. Yeah. But I didn't think they lost that much. They're good up front. Like, it, they like yeah. it's a very good Penn State defense last year. It was very noticeable. They were being able to run the football who was ever in the backfield. And I, I, I don't think they lost a lot of those big alignment that they have. So, that's – I think Minnesota's going to be able to move the ball on almost everyone in the conference – especially with Sean Bateman, who's a first-round talent at wide receiver. Another team I'm interested I, I think Iowa's going to stink. I don't get the hype for Iowa. Is that just me? No, I think especially with everything that went on with Kirk Ferentz in the offseason, too. I mean, there's a lot of controversy there. I mean, you got to think he's on the hot seat, right? I, I don't like, know what's going on there. I, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't read right into bit. it. but you know, I wrote up on it a little bit. and I mean, it's not good. No, course. it's definitely not. If, but, you're, you know, if you're getting accusations like that from former players and people that nah. are in the program right now, that's a terrible sign. And I think that, you know, Iowa is, I mean, you lose your starting quarterback. You lose who, I mean, was not, he served, he was serviceable last year, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I just don't know how good Iowa can be. And just everything going on to me just doesn't feel like they are going to be good. I, know, so it's short in season, I don't know. They have a good offensive line every year. It doesn't matter. They basically plug and play, but they lost a lot of talented guys on that defense. And I, I, I just find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to compete with Wisconsin and Minnesota. And, and like, I just, I honestly think Illinois on Illinois is better than Iowa this year. That's just my take. I, I that's where I stop you. You stop me there. Yeah, yeah. I think that. I think that I was going to be down. That's why in my MSU season predictor, I picked Michigan State to beat them. Um, but I don't think they're on the Illinois level. No, neither do I. Because where does I where? Because the question is, is like you know, where does Illinois go from last year? I this is this is my hierarchy in the West. Wisconsin, the winner of the Wisconsin Minnesota game is going to win the West, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So one A, one B, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Then Iowa after that, then Nebraska after that, and then probably Northwestern or Purdue, and then Illinois. Ooh, I, I don't know about that, but hey, Bach, you'll enjoy this. When I was looking up the odds for the pick'em and looking at season predictions, by the way, Ohio State is minus four hundred to win the conference. That is unheard That's of. Stupid. That's unheard of. But uh, I think Nebraska had the second best odds to win the West. 
that that just shows you uh, Nebraska and Michigan. They're those two type of programs that they they get the love and the media attention, but I, I don't necessarily see it on paper. I'll, I'll say that another team that I kind of like, and I kind of fall in this trap every year. I think Purdue will beat some teams they shouldn't beat this year. Rondell Moore is a first round talent. I actually like their quarterback and Jack Plummer. I think Brom, I don't know if Brom's out. I know he's out for the first game with COVID. I don't know how much longer he will be out. I think Jeff Brom's a fantastic coach. I think Purdue will win maybe four games this year, which isn't bad for Purdue. So I'm just saying, I, 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 I think the West is deeper than it's been in a very long time. Yeah, Brom's good at losing to Eastern Michigan. That's what he's okay, good at. Okay, come on. Well, you you got to give Chris Train some love, Stearns. Come on. Collins, that was a bad, bad loss. And every year, Purdue's <laughs> win team. Maybe they overtake Illinois. But give me Wisconsin, Minnesota. Obviously, I think any reasonable, sane human has to go in that direction. But losing worse losing Ojemudie, that's going to be hard to replace for Iowa. That's going to be really, really hard to replace. And I think, obviously, with Bateman coming back, I, I had Wisconsin winning the West, but Bateman coming back did it for me because him and Tanner Morgan are future NFL talents bar none. Peters at Illinois and Lovey, they really – the wheels fell off for Illinois toward the end of last year. They beat I, I don't Michigan know. State. They made, yeah, they beat Michigan State, and then after that, <laughs> the wheels fell off. So – I'm putting them in the same category as Purdue, maybe Northwestern. I think Peyton Thorne's going to be okay at Northwestern. Nothing special, but better than what they've had. Me, Peyton, Peyton Ramsey. Ramsey. Peyton Thorne's on Michigan State. He's got Peyton Thorne on his mind. I do have Peyton Thorne on my mind. And I, I don't know. The West, it, it comes down between Minnesota and it comes down between Minnesota and Wisconsin. Nebraska somewhere in there, too, probably right at that Iowa tier. Okay. I had a, I have two questions. Teams that fall short of expectations, team that exceeds expectations in the conference. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go falls ahead. Short, falls short is Penn State. Okay. I think that they lose a second game other than Ohio State. I think that they either lose to Michigan or maybe even Michigan State, depending on how Michigan State's season is going at that point. Um, because, you know, that's the second to last – or that's the last regular season game, Michigan State and Penn State. Landry Penn State trophy at that on the point. line. And if, that, and if Penn State doesn't have anything to play for at that point, who knows what could happen in that game. But um, – so that's my team that's going to fall short of expectations. And team that could exceed expectations to me is Indiana. Um, I think that Michael Penix is good. And Agreed. he might be – he might be the second best quarterback in the East after Justin Fields. He's probably the second most proven. Yeah. And if he can stay healthy, you know, in yeah. today's day and age of the spread offense and needing a accurate and efficient quarterback, you know, he could take them. He could take Indiana a long way. I Tom Allen sneaky has something good going on in Indiana. I don't think like, they have the blueprint to maybe ever like contend to win the East or something like that. Cause I don't think they have the investment into that football program, like teams like Michigan state, Penn state, Michigan and Ohio state obviously do, but they like last year, they sneaky went what like what seven and five and they should have won their bowl game against Tennessee until they completely choked it. So I, 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 I like that pick in Indiana because it, it used to be pencil on a win against Indiana, not this year. 
And it wasn't that last year either. I think they're a good football team. Stearns, who do you think? Get most disappointment. Surprise, surprise. I'm going to go Michigan. For the <laughs> reason. Well, more than one reason. But the big reason their schedule is brutal. Chancellor's three. You have to go to Minnesota, to Indiana week three, home against Wisconsin week four. You host Penn State, and then you're at Ohio State. You objectively could see Michigan going. I could see them going four and four. Because at the end yeah. of the day, replacing Cesar Ruiz, replacing Ben Bredesen, replacing John Runyon, replacing DPJ, it's not easy. I mean, Quiddy pays enough on, and Hutchinson are enough on the defensive line to give you a little bit, but this isn't the Rashawn Gary, Devin Bush, Kali cuts in Michigan anymore. It's not. Yeah. They lost a lot, and it's really hard, really hard when you go through your entire offseason, even though it was abbreviated because of COVID, and you expect that McCaffrey is going to be your starting quarterback, and then you have to make a you have to make a hard left turn, and you have to pretty much redo your entire system around Milton because there are things that Milton can do that McCaffrey just can't do, and vice versa. And for me, the team that is being slept on is going to end up shocking a lot of people as Minnesota, as you just said, projected to be fourth in the West. I think that's absolutely asinine. By Vegas, I don't know by the media or anything. That that was just the Vegas odds. I. They're headed toward another six, seven, maybe eight win year if they can manage to get around Wisconsin. And I mean, come on, guys, it's Tanner Morgan and Rashad Bateman. Who, who's going to stop them in the West? I'm sorry. Morgan, I think, is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the Big Ten. So give me Minnesota. Dandrew, who do you think? I mean, Minnesota to me, they went 11 and two last year. I think a lot of people are. I mean, I I really haven't heard that many people. I know you said the Vegas odds, but like I've it's, heard. Yeah, that, they're not really sleeping on them, but it, yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. You know, so I'm not really sure if Minnesota is going to exceed or fall short of my expectations. Do I think Minnesota is going to win the West? Yeah. Do I think the the team that I think is going to fall short is Wisconsin? I just don't know okay. how much better Wisconsin can get than last season. You know, um, and then I think the team that exceeds expectations, it's. I don't know. I want to say Maryland because I do I like that. Tua's brother at quarterback. I think Maryland could be a little bit improved. I mean, you can only really go from you only can go up from what they played like last year. So I think Maryland is going to exceed a little bit of expectations. I think they'd be better than people think. I, I for my team that exceeds expectations, I kind of mentioned it already. I think Illinois does, and they have a lot of transfers that have come over the past couple of years, and they're all basically playing this year, and. and I know, I know. I mean, if you've watched Illinois last year, Brandon Peters is very hit or miss. He either brings you back from a 28 point lead against Michigan State or gets you down 28 points, stuff like that. Like he, he's a boomer bust type of guy. But I do think they have talent on that defensive side of the football. They're one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten. And they have still an offensive side of the ball. Like I, you saw it last year when they beat Wisconsin. I think they surprise people. I'm not saying they're going to contend for the West or anything, but I, I, I think they could beat teams like Iowa, give Minnesota and like Wisconsin, some tough games team. I think that is disappointing this year. I, I'm going to go with Penn state too, Bach. I just, I just don't see it in Sean Clifford. I, I like, agree. And especially with journey Brown out. And I don't, th- I, I mean, journey Brown's a big loss, but Penn state's one of those programs. And I think the last five years, they've basically proven it with running back. It's plug and play at this point. Jose just had so much talent on that roster and talent on that offensive front. They're going to be able to run the football. I just don't believe in Sean Clifford making big throws. And, and, and at, with the exception of Mitsorley for that one season, Penn State really hasn't had that quarterback ever 
under James Franklin because Mitsorley had that one year where he was making all these throws and all these plays. And then the next season, he wasn't able to make the big play. So I I, I, I don't really know what goes on with Penn State, but I, I don't think – I think Michigan presents more problems to Ohio State than uh, Penn State does, personally. But let's move into what we all want to talk about and what the nation wants to talk about, Michigan State Rutgers. Battle for the bottom of the Big Ten East. 12 o'clock kick. We'll get into the pick them later. But, I mean, as Michigan State people, people who have been around this program the last couple of years, Mark D'Antonio wasn't the most transparent person. But, God sakes, this, he, he, he looks like Jimmy Fallon compared to Mel Tucker when he's <laughs> talking about his depth chart. It's unbelievable. It hurts my head a great deal, and it's making me <laughs> – job exponentially harder because there are so many positions on this team where you have a 1A and 1B subset pretty much on the entire offensive line, quarterback, receiver, and the secondary. So 1A, 1B, 1C, especially a quarterback. Look look at last year. I mean, game one, you had Blake Buter and Man Allen rotating in and Higby rotating in with Jarvis and Campbell. So I I don't know. You're just going to have to go unprepared. And I get that it's you're trying to hold the cards close to your chest. I think that's what this comes down to. This is a tactical move more than anything else to keep Greg Schiano and the rest of the Rutgers coaching staff in the dark. But by the same token, who are you? It's like, what are you hiding? I mean, what? yeah, we're not going to announce Rocky Lombardi as the starter. And then, you know, let's say you do it three days ago. What The earth's not going to shake, guys. I mean, you kind of know what you're going to get from Rocky. I still think Rocky starts. I think, you know, and as I wrote in my giant 200, 2700 word football preview, you don't start bringing your backup quarterback to media availabilities and they hit him on Twitter playing some video game thing as part of the, of the, the new college football game release. So I think he starts, but I just, and the, the other thing I'd say, and Eric can agree with me on this, Enough of the coach speak. It hurts our head. Enough of the, we want to be tough as meat and potatoes. They're relentless. I, I, I get it, but it's like, we don't have a depth chart. We have a rep chart. You know, stuff like that. It's like, he said that. Something. Yes, he says that's that. Multiple awesome times. Quote. That's an multiple awesome times. quote right there. <laughs> you, can only write a, you can only spin it five or six different ways before it starts becoming tedious and monotonous and it's like every time there's a media availability, you're, you're, you're transcribing the quotes and it's like, oh, it's the same thing he said last week and the week before that and the week before that about not giving us anything to write about in terms of the rotation or in terms of the depth chart. It's always just we're being relentless and we're attacking each day with an enthusiasm unbeknownst to mankind, you know, that kind of crap. Mel Tucker, Here's, tape note, you need to get back on Nathan Stearns' good side right now. He's not happy with you. I just – <laughs> I, I would appreciate a little bit of help. Yeah. At this point in my preparation for the game on Saturday, I'm just going to be happy if I get all the numbers right there you and, go. like, have everyone, you know, where they're supposed to be. But um, I think I think Stearns is right that Rocky starts at quarterback. Coach speak is – but now we're finally to the point where that, that crap doesn't matter anymore. Like, that was all yep. we had for months. Mm-hmm. And now that actual football is going to be played, we can we can put all that to the side. We can get it away. We can get rid of it. Thank God. I do think Rocky starts, but it would not surprise me to see Day or Thorne or both 
um, in the game. But I think I think I'm really, really excited to see how they use Jaden Reed. Yes. Uh, I think that he is the, the biggest wild card for Michigan State. He could ascend that offense to a level they haven't been in the past couple of years to be a true vertical threat down the field. Like Daryl Stewart and Cody White were both very good Big Ten receivers, but none of them had that burner speed to just to just burn people. Like just mm-hmm. be faster than all, anyone the, the defense can put on you. And I think Jaden Reed has that. Um, Rick, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, this is the most ideal matchup for Mel to start his tenure mm-hmm. with. You know, Rutgers is is pretty pretty weak in a lot of key areas, and they don't even have a quarterback. Too, we're going into this game Saturday. Stearns and I are going to call this game and not know who either starting quarterback <laughs> is. So that is that is really fun. that's the mark of two fantastic programs. Don't right. know who the quarterback is week one. Right. Yeah. So. I just I'm just ready to see what what secrets they've been hiding, Joe. Yeah. I think that it's you know, I mean, I think you're Eric, you make a good point. Jaden Reed is probably the biggest X factor, right? For this offense. Like how good can they be? But Jalen Naylor he, should be in that conversation too. But I, I don't know. Well, okay, I'll stay Jalen Naylor. If you can stay healthy, then I'll I'll like to see that. Cause I mean he hasn't, right? For a yeah. couple of years. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, like they're going to run the ball a lot probably on Saturday. I mean, they're going to have to because, I mean, you got to limit the mistakes the quarterbacks can make because you're going to have to go mm-hmm. through some growing pains this season. I think the guy who could be really good and the guy who, if he's able to catch, you know, because the conversation with it has been like he isn't able to process things and read defense, you know, there's a little bit of the mental side has been a problem is Theo Day. I mean, he's got super, super typical size for a quarterback. And the dude can spin it, but it's just like, can he, you know, be poised in the pocket and play at a high level for this team? You know, that's my question. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see Theo Day. I just don't know if you'd see Payne Thorne um, early. I, I mean, think you see Thorne. Gonna... I think you see Thorne before you see Day. I don't know. I, I think you've heard more talk about Thorne and Day. I don't know if that's correct. And I don't know if those whispers are necessarily true or anything, but Payne Thorne has seemed to have a very good camp. But I, 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 like you said, we're not. I, I have no idea who they're going to see at quarterback. No one does, and I think it's going to be Rocky Lombardi. But yeah. after that, who, who the hell knows? You can't start a guy who's only off. You can't start a guy who's committed to Western Michigan before he decided to come here. That's my biggest worry about Peyton Thorne is coming out of high school. He was off everybody's radar. Okay, and unless they got a real diamond in the rough, I'm not excited. Who else didn't have any offers? Jack Hoffman. That was like the tenth pick in the draft. It doesn't matter. And that's where how Michigan State yeah. bre- breads their butter, Stearns. Yeah, offers offers don't really matter now. Now that he's here and has, I mean, there's been lots of good writing about him that he he belongs here. I just think I've I'm so high. I, I think Peyton Thorne's like the man. I've never even actually seen him play a snap of collegiate football because he hasn't played a snap of collegiate football. I'm just like so on the Peyton Thorne hype train. It's stupid. It's the it's being a son of a Michigan State alum, Eric. You hear, you get the tats from your dad every once in a while. Are we gonna see Peyton Thorne? That's my dad. Shout out Kelly Collins. Oh yeah. But just Dave, like uh, what, what are you Fox hearing? The same way. What are you hearing? Uh, is Thorne in the go? <laughs> 
But I, I, I think we'll see Rocky. And like you said, I think Joe made a really good point. They're going to run the football a lot. And Sternson talked about this more. I thought the offensive line at the end of the season played a little bit better once they started to play the young guys. I think the offensive line can have a really good year. That is – I. I don't know if they have a really good year, but it it has to be better than it has been the last. It's three gonna, years. I, it's gonna be better. I, I just definitely because the the way they looked late last season, it's gonna definitely be improved. They looked better last season because they were playing Maryland and Rockers. Okay, that is they good against Wake Forest, Stearns. They looked good against Wake Forest. They're not necessarily a world beater on D either, but I I I, 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 I agree with you're saying, Danger, and I think they have a good year. But you also had Matt Allen and a couple other big pieces back. The young yeah. kid, I don't think J.D. Duplain, Nick Samick, Devontae Dobbs, I don't think they start. I, I, I think Dobbs I, I think Dobbs can play guard. And I, I think Duplain didn't he, he started – Duplain played a lot. Dobbs, Dobbs will not play guard. The he only, will play tackle or, or, or tackle or bench. I, or still, end. I still think you put, <laughs> I think you put either – Jarvis or a Curie out at left, and then you probably have Jarvis at one of the spots, Campbell at one of the spots, Allen and Carrick. That's my starting five. Just because those five have a really good repertoire with each other, Jarvis has started multiple games. Allen started 16 career games. Campbell started 20-some-odd career games. Jordan Reed opting out opens the door for someone, but I think you got to put a Curie because he's got five career left tackle starts. I don't know who you put on an island at right. Maybe you put Dobbs. But I, I, I don't – the interior of that offensive line is a little bit more experienced and a little bit more well-versed than it is out on the edge. And that's why I don't think you're necessarily going to see Dodge because I can't see him sliding inside the garden, magically overtaking Campbell, Jarvis, Carrick, these guys who have started 10, 15, 20 career games and have done it at guard. I, that's another guy. I, the one thing I really hope, Stearns, is that they play Jarvis inside. Because I think he's, a, I, I, you play him at guard, you get the benefit of like what who he is like that. And, and he was a big loss last year when he went down. Because I, I, I think he's probably their best offensive lineman. I don't think that's a hot take or anything like that. He, he probably most consistent him and Allen. So I, I, I hope they keep him inside. But I, I think that's that's factor for this team's ceiling. If their offensive line is competitive and they're able to run the football a little bit this year. I, I think you could see this team possibly able to give teams games and maybe win a couple games they're not supposed to because if they're not to be – they have all the weapons on the outside that they could ever want. They have a lot of talent on the outside for a Michigan State team that – I mean, Michigan State usually always has good wide receivers. This is something they always are able to find. But, like – and everyone's asking, like, who's the quarterback? Is he going to be able to make plays downfield? He might not need to make plays downfield if they can run the football with arguably your best offensive player in Elijah Collins. And you got guys like Anthony Williams, who I really liked how they used Anthony Williams down the stretch last year, making him more of a slot guy than being a halfback. I, I, I like that a lot. But going into this week against Rutgers, we've talked about this already. There's no expectations for this season. I think the only expectation is you beat Rutgers. You got to beat Rutgers. Yes. You have to. Like, and I hate to do the, like, oh, we're Michigan. or You're Michigan State. You got to beat Rutgers. Like, you, you just paid your head coach, like, what, like $6 million? You better beat Rutgers. They got nobody over there. I'm sorry, Rutgers. 
You cannot lose to a team that has not won a conference game since 2017. At the end of the day, Rutgers really should not be in the Big Ten as bad as they are. You went 2-10 and 10 last year. You went 1-11 the year before. You only managed to beat Liberty and UMass last year. You had the second-worst defense from a points-per-game aspect in the country. You had one of the worst offense. They scored 13 points a game last year and allowed 37. Yeah. That's bad. They are at every level. They are subpar to Michigan State. And this may be the only game all year where you can look and say, okay, Michigan State blows Rutgers out of the water. Rutgers has a converted defensive tackle starting at center and a (laughs) Monroe Monroe College, which is out in New Rochelle somewhere. It's like a community college starting at right tackle. It's like, uh, and they've never played a collegiate snap on the offensive line. So if Naquan Jones and Jacob Slade and Beasley and Panachute don't have a field day, it's going to be on them. I'll say this. Uh, I think Shiano, I don't know what he does with this program because I think he, it was left in a worse spot than he got it the first time. I, I, I don't know if he classically rebuilds it because he's not in the Big East, not an easier schedule. And he has a lot of competition in New Jersey recruiting. You saw Michigan State get a couple guys in New Jersey, a spot that they're historically not. I mean, Shalee Calhoun came from there, but historically Michigan State hasn't really gone after New Jersey. Michigan has. But, I, I, I mean, I think there's I mean, there's a hotbed for Rutgers to be good. I, I don't know if I believe in Dredciano, and this year's going to be ugly for him, but Rutgers will be better in the next four years. I, I, they, they just cannot get worse. Like, I, I, Shiano's a competent football mind. Yep, agreed. agreed. I just think that this we don't need to talk about Rutgers long. I don't know why I prompted that question. Rutgers this stinks. game <laughs> this game just has Michigan State just has to find a way. I mean that's just the yeah. That's yep. Yep. And this game I, I honestly sets the tone for the rest of the season. If they say they like lay an ad and lose the Rutgers, they might not win a game the whole year. It could it like I, like and if they show up slow and they find a way to win, maybe they'll just be like maybe they get three wins this year. I, I think this team sets the tone. That's basically it. I want to. I mean, I don't have any analysis on Rutgers. I don't even know who's playing for Rutgers. I, I don't know who's the starting QB. We like we already said, but I want to say this before we got into the pickem. I think we've already kind of made our predictions. We thought the over-under was going to be three and a half. It's at two and a half right now in Vegas. I know the well, odds are the tra- over. The over is minus 185, which is horrible odds, and the under is plus 125. But two and a half is very low. So, I, I mean, out in Vegas, they have no belief in Michigan State to be competitive this year. I would take that if I was a gambling man, which I am, so I will take that. But, <laughs> I, I, I mean. Collins, I'm getting the gambling game a little bit. There you go. It's not – you shouldn't. It's not fun. It's, I know it's, it's not. It hasn't been good to my wallet. Vegas is all over the place on the Big Ten. Minnesota fourth yeah. best odds in the West. Michigan State two and over under two and a half wins. I think that's the easiest over I've ever seen. Yeah, the thing for, I, the odds are so messed up though. Like if you bet two and a half, and like they, I I think the seventy five percent chance they probably hit the over. But if they hit the under, you have to like bet a hundred dollars to like win like fifty or like sixty like that. That's a bad loss. I don't know, but. There's no expectations for this team. We've already talked about it. I, I I don't know if you guys have any expectations or hopes or anything you want to get out before the pick them. But going into week one, I have zero expectations for this team. And I have zero idea what the team is going to look like. I'm very excited for Saturday at noon. 
I have some. I mean, I'm not expecting them to make a run to Indianapolis or anything like that, but I'm expecting them to win between three and four games. I don't think Northwestern and Maryland are out of reach. I think Mike Loxley's on the hot seat when you have a guy between New Mexico and Maryland that is a combined head coaching record of six and 40, you know, Hugh Jackson-esque territory. It kind of speaks for itself. And this isn't a team that when Mel found it, that was completely devoid of talent on every level. I think that's the biggest thing is you bring in a better coaching staff and guys on every position group who are good, who are competent, who are Big Ten starters. This isn't Chiana going into Rutgers and just being left a cabinet barren of every essential ingredient that you need to have a good football program. I mean, they have a on the outside, on the line, you have experience at most position groups. I think they could win three or four games. I don't think that's past them. I mean, if they only beat Rutgers, I'm not going to be thrilled because I think you've got to find a way to beat Maryland too. Maryland's not good. I think you got to find find a way to beat Northwestern, depending on Northwestern plays. And I think Indiana's definitely in play because that's always – Michigan State always beats Indiana. Whatever yeah. reason, they always win that game. It's up that I mean, it's up to three and nine year. You're right with that. I mean, Indiana's actually looking back. Indiana did not have a bad decade. Like they had some pretty solid teams with Nate Sudfeld, some other guys, and you had Tim yeah. Coleman there. They they honestly had some decent teams in Big Ten. But I think I, 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 be good this year. Yeah, I think so too. But I, yeah, that's fair, Stearns. That's fair. I'm just saying, I I have no idea, just no idea. And that I take I take the under. You take the under. Yeah. No what? I don't want right. because I don't feel confident enough in three wins. Yeah, that's why I just, you lose I, I, in gambling, I, Joe. Yeah. Well, wh- okay, I. Yeah, I, I mean, let's go go back. I think Stearns just said the three games that Michigan State. Rutgers, Northwestern. Of- that's two. That's Maryland. That's the only guarantees. Maryland's Maryland. a guarantee. Okay, I would say. Rutgers I don't know if it's a guarantee. Guarantees. I think you're right, Joe. I think you're right that there's no guarantees that they are go out and beat Maryland or Northwestern. But I do – like Stern said, Michigan State has talent. It's kind of mismatched this year. Like, you got a really good linebacker core, but your defensive front's not really great this year, on paper at least. You got a couple good safeties, but your cornerbacks are a little shaky. You don't know what's going to go on there. Like, they have talent, but, like, I don't know as a collective group how they'll show out. But I, you're going to see flashes where this team shows their talent. So I, I get what Stern says. I do think they get three wins. But, I mean, must win this week against Rutgers. And and now finally move us into the pick I'll give you the little pick standings after week one because I threw out the first two weeks because I didn't want to do the winning percentage then. Since we got Danger back into the pod, I feel like it would just be easier if we did it this week. First week, I went two and three. Bach three and two. Stearns went three and two. And Joe, reigning champion – Four and one week one. Let's go. Unbelievable. Oh, hey. Who guys getting his oil changed while recording the show and just going four and one on the pitch? I, 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 hey, you know, I told you guys I was going to get my oil change. No, I went and got Wendy's for lunch. I never got – there wasn't enough time to get my oil change. There's a line. You know what? That was the right decision. Wendy's is good. But let's move into Michigan State. Lane 13 and a half points, noon kick, BTN. You can listen live on 89 FM. Eric Bach, Nathan Stearns have the call. I'll start. I don't think they cover. I just, I, I literally, I don't, 13 and a half is so many points for me not to see their offense. Like, I think they'll win double digits, but 13 and a half is a two touchdown win. I don't think Michigan State covers 13 and a half personally. 
If it was anyone other than Rutgers, I would pick Michigan State to not cover. But because it's Rutgers, Michigan State covers 13 and a half for me. I'm on the same line of thinking with Eric. I am. I. They need one good quarter. That's all they need to get to that 13 and a half, 14 point margin. And Rutgers is, what more can you say other than they're Rutgers? I think Elijah Collins has a good game and I like Mel. I like the juice that he brings to this team. I like what he's doing to the program. I think they come out. I think they punch Rutgers in the mouth and I think they have a good day. I'm, I mean, I'm agree with Collins on this one. 13 and a half seems like too much to me. I do think it's a, either, you know, you win by a touchdown or 10 points, but not two score, not two touchdowns. So I'm taking Rutgers to cover that. Okay, next game of the Big Ten, big noon kickoff on Fox. I think they got the whole crew out there in Columbus. Hey, Nebraska, you wanted to play football? Here you go, Ohio State week one. And I think Scott Frost even said it himself that it was no surprise that they got scheduled Ohio State week one. Ohio State lane 26 points in the shoe, number five in the country in the AP poll. Does Nebraska have any chance to cover this, Eric? None. None? None. None? I think I think Ohio State is we – t- we said it. They're the best team in the Big Ten, and they are five week, four or five weeks behind all the other big contenders in the country to prove themselves that they belong in the college football playoff. So their crusade begins – Saturday with a larger than 26 point victory over the Cornhuskers. Stearns. Uh, I, I, they have a lot of points, but give me as much as I give me Ohio state. I don't know. I Ryan Day's the best coach in the big 10 bar none. And they have been, they pushed and they pushed and they pushed and they pushed. They were the other than Nebraska, the biggest reason why big 10 football is even around. So I think Day's going to have them excited. I think, unlike other coaches in the Big Ten, I won't name any names. I have one person in mind. When there's a big game, they get up to play. And I think we're going to say Justin Fields, Master Teague, and a bunch of the other Ohio State weapons. What Bobby, a name, Master Teague. I like Master Teague. That's a top five. That's a top five. It's a top five right? name maybe ever for a running back. Unbelievable. Chris Olave on the outsides, another – Really strong weapon, and I've never been in the biggest Adrian Martinez fan. I think this is an easy win in the shoe for Ohio State. Yeah, I think uh, Ohio State covers 26. It's a lot of points, but I'm just uh, – I'm not really sure about Nebraska, and that's going to be a – it's a home game. I get no fans, but still, I'm taking Ohio State in this one. I I agree with you guys that Ohio State's on a roll, but I – 26 I fi- is a lot. I find it hard to believe – what is this, year three for – Staff Ross, I'm a Staff Ross guy. I believe in Staff Ross that they will not be able to move the football. I think they'll be able to move the football enough to cover 26 points. I think I, I think they will. And you guys are gonna be right. I think Ohio State 21 nothing like that, like that. And, and and I don't exactly love Adrian Martinez. I think Luke McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, Dylan McCaffrey's brother might have a chance to start there because I, I've heard very good things about him out of Nebraska. But I think Nebraska covers 26. I, I think this – I don't know. I was surprised it wasn't more points, to be honest. Because like you said, Bach, Ohio State and Clemson are one of those teams. When they get a chance to make a statement, they make a statement. I And winning by 24 points is not really a statement for Ohio State. They could, they could beat Nebraska by 42. I just think Nebraska will be able to move the football enough to cover 26 points. Next game, move out of the Big Ten. Number six, Oklahoma State, which is eh. – 
Lane three and a half against number 17, Iowa State, 330 kick on Fox. I'm going to go first. Oklahoma State, I don't know if Spencer Sanders is starting. He hasn't really started, I think, since week one. If he's good to go, I like Oklahoma State. They have a really good running back tandem. They're not really, it's kind of weird. Uh, you just kind of expected Chubba Hubbard to be the guy and get the majority of the carries. There's one that 50 50 down the middle for Oklahoma State, which I kind of like. You keep Chubba fresh until late in the year. I think Oklahoma State covers. I don't think Iowa State's very good. I think their only one against Oklahoma was basically that they benefited off Oklahoma's poor play more than them playing well. So I, I, I like Oklahoma State to cover three and a half. Me too. I don't think Iowa State's any good. Cowboys easily cover three and a half. See, this is hard for me. This was the hardest out of the ones that you listed, Collins, because I agree with you guys. Iowa State, I don't think really scares anybody. Oklahoma State, I don't know if they're slow after their week off, but I'm just going to go with the popular consensus here and give it a peer pressure and pick Oklahoma State to cover. You know what? I'm going against the grain on this one. I'm going to pick Iowa State to cover. I don't get why Oklahoma State's ranked number six. What's their best win? I don't even know. Uh, I'm watching Oklahoma State. I think their best win is maybe West Virginia. They really haven't played anyone. Yeah, and West Virginia is not really that good of a team. So, yeah. It's not that I think Oklahoma State's that great. I just don't think think Iowa State's any good. Yeah. Yeah, Bach Bach looked uh, unimpressed by reasoning behind that. But I just just don't, you know, I'm going to go with Ohio State. Might as well pick against everybody else. I, I, Looking back at Michigan State's head coaching search, I know Matt Campbell and, and he's got things and maybe higher aspirations in Michigan State. But the people telling me Iowa State was a lateral move to Michigan State are the biggest idiots in the entire world. Stupid. It's the Stupid. dumbest thing ever. I'm sorry. It's not a lateral move. I, I Iowa State does not have the infrastructure to compete in the Big 12 at a higher level. And Michigan State, clear. I, I mean, they've done it in the past 10 years. Sorry. I don't know why that came to mind, but – after watching that Oklahoma State game, I'm like, they literally – it took like eight gifts from Spencer Radler and Oklahoma wide receivers dropping touchdowns for them to even be in that game and what they have a solid quarterback. I don't know. That was my rant about Iowa State Matt Campbell. Sorry. Matt's name back in the bid time. Eric's little surprise team, Indiana plus six at home, 330 kick FS1. I number eight Penn State. This game to me is – the, by far the most difficult one on this slate this week. I just – Six is I a weird want, number. I want to pick Indiana. I really, really do. But something tells me that Penn State's just going to find a way to cover this. I just I, – I, I, I think Indiana is good. And, I mean, this is kind of contradicting myself earlier because Penn State was my disappointing team and Indiana's my yeah, surprising team. But I just – I think I need to pick Penn State to cover this. I, it, I'll i ask you guys this question before you guys make this pick and I it, see what you said, Bach. But I, you, do you think Penn State's up for this game? I don't know if they're up for this. I think Indiana will be. Like I, I could see Indiana jumping Penn State just like 14-0 first quarter. I could see that happening. I'm not taking Indiana. I, I – no what? I'm going to take Indiana. I think that could happen. I think they could go out and get a 10-point lead early and then Penn State kind of claws and back. I very I very much agree with you. I, that very that very well could happen, but I just 
I, for some reason, my gut's telling me that Indiana's going to get there by the end of the season, but I don't think they're going to be ready to take that next step in week one. Man, I oh, – this with Eric, this is tough. I'm going to reluctantly pick Penn State. The only reason is it's, it's a six-and-a-half point line. If this was 9-10, I would be a lot more apt to not pick Penn State to cover, but – Again, it's a one-possession game. I agree with you, Collins. You could see Indiana jumping out early in Bloomington, jumping out 10, 13 to nothing. But I think by the end of the game, Penn State just, just enough. Maybe wins 27-20, 27-17. They find a way early and a little bit later to make a big run. Andrew, I, 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 I'm, I'm torn on this. I, I, I said IU. I like IU. But this is one of those games with plus six. I, I think they either win the game outright or co- they don't or don't cover. I don't know what it is. It's just I, I don't know. I, I don't believe in Sean Clifford. I'm so down on Sean Clifford. I'm sticking with IU. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on Penn State. Uh, I mean Joe, but like I mean in Indiana good year last year, right? You know, and this team returns a lot of those skill position guys on offense, mm-hmm. especially you know running back, wide receiver, quarterback. Michael Penix is very good. But I just can't trust Indiana to do that against – I mean, Penn State's Penn State, right? Like, there are different levels as programs. Yep. I think I think that Penn State covers here. Um, it'll be barely, you know, like seven. They're going to win by seven or something, but they'll cover. Okay. Next game, biggest game of the bid time. Game day is there. Minnesota unranked. I think they'll probably be ranked after this week. I don't get that. I, I don't know how they're doing the AP poll. I'm very confused how they're doing it. Coastal because... Carolina is ranked, but Minnesota isn't. Yeah, I and Minnesota I have... went 11 and two last year and beat Auburn. I don't understand it. I don't understand how Michigan's ranked and Minnesota's not. It doesn't make it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think they're pretty even on paper. Minnesota plus three at home, number 18 Michigan with new quarterback Joe Milton goes to Minneapolis. Start us off, Nathan Stearns. You're the native Michigan hater on the podcast. I wouldn't say native Michigan hater as much as I'm just objectively saying the (laughs) record that Harbaugh has. This is the easiest one for me. By far, Minnesota wins double digits. I don't even think this is much of a game. And with double digits, look at the track record, Collins. Two years ago, they were struggling against Cincinnati. They were struggling against Air Force. And last year, they went to overtime with Army in the big house. Michigan traditionally gets out of the gate very, very slow. This is the Michigan thing. This is how the Michigan season normally goes. They win two, three ugly games. They play Penn State or Wisconsin at some ABC night kick, week five or week six. They blow the doors off them. Everybody thinks they're good. They beat Rutgers. They beat Indiana. They beat Maryland, and then they play Ohio State and get rolled and finish nine and three, uh, eight and four every year. This is an easy game for me. I love P.J. Fleck. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the country. Tanner Morgan, Rashad Bateman, torch that Michigan second secondary. Ambry Thomas versus Rashad Bateman is not a recipe for success for Michigan. Is Ambry Tom? Did he out back in? I think he did. I thought he did. Okay. I I don't know if he did, but whatever. But I, I mean. Pretty strong there. I, I I would say I like Minnesota. You've convinced me a little bit, but I hate to be the like the Michigan guy or like listening to the Michigan like hype. I kind of got a feeling Joe Milton's gonna be very good. I kind of got a feeling that he's gonna be very 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 good, which will upset me because I do not like the University of Michigan. <laughs> I just 
And guess what? Objectively. Objectively. Objectively, I just don't like the university. Objectively, I hate its stuffs. Objectively, if I see the colors maize and blue, I throw up. Objectively, actually. <laughs> objectively. I'm the- being objective. But I, I, I think Michigan's on win this weekend. I think they are. I, and I think it benefits them if it's a snow game. Because I, I, I don't know why. I just, I don't know. I feel like they're more fit to play in a cold weather game than Minnesota is. As Joe Dandron is taking a phone call in the middle of the pickup. I guess that means it's my turn. Yes. Um, so I am very much in the middle of Stearns and Collins here. I think that Michigan is much better than Stearns gives them credit for. And I don't think they're quite as good as Collins gives them credit for. So I, if this game did not have a weather factor, I would pick Michigan to win. However, okay. it does have a weather factor. The Minnesota guys are more used to that. It's Joe Milton's first start on the road. I know there's no fans, but it's just it's a it's, they have to travel. It's he hasn't played at thing. all. It's just the whole thing that is going to throw off his routine. I just I don't see a scenario where Michigan can win this game. If it was like 65 and sunny in Minneapolis, I would have a different tune. But because of the weather, I think Joe Milton's going to be okay. I really do, but. I think that Minnesota is gonna gonna win this this Saturday night. You know what? As Stern said, Ambry Thomas, Tanner Morgan, <laughs> all these names. I don't even know Tyler Johnson. He's not there anymore. Who cares? All those guys are on the Bucks, by the way. All those Minnesota guys, and they're good. Tyler Johnson sort of touchdown. Anton Winfield's probably the one defensive rookie of the year. But continue. He is Andrew. he is very good at football. Anton very Winfield. good. But hey, you know what? Minnesota, they're gonna cover, but they're not gonna win. Okay. Okay, so, so Michigan wins by lose one. By, by one. Yep, Taylor Morgan's – no, kicker misses the extra point to tie. Okay. I love Dan, Dan, I love Dandron in the pick-up because he's got a Chris Berman inside of him yeah. where he just gives like the like 17 to 15 scores that don't make any logistical sense, but he just gives them out, and he wins. He saw, he, I mean, he won the pick last year. So, I can't Dandron, question, you, question his method. You got to start saying, Darius! Yeah, no, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo I'm gonna, Bills. I'm going to do that, but with the Gophers. Okay. Yeah. Not doing yeah, it right now. Gophers. Okay. There, we get our impressions out. Those, no, by the way, none of those were good. None of them were good. We got to no. be better out of Chris Berman impressions there. <laughs> but uh, for the last bit of the week, we're going to do what we did thought. last year. Wild card. We're going to do a wild card game. Everyone puts a game on the board. It could be a bit 10 game. It could be whatever. We did this last year. I think I went like 0 and 12. I literally, I think I literally went like 2 and 10 in my wild card games. And the one win I had was the UCLA coming back from Washington State, which they were down like 40 at like halftime and they came back (laughs) and won. That was like the one time I won one of those. So I'll start off with Nathan Stearns with his wild card. As I put in the doc, I. 10 and a half. Notre Dame's laying 10 and a half and going to Pittsburgh. I don't think they cover. And I could, I'm not going to say just yet they lose outright, but Pittsburgh's not a great team. They're three and three, but I think they're better than anybody Notre Dame's played. And until Ian Book can beat a semi decent middling bull team, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of going on the road and beating another decent ACC team by double digits. I can't. Okay. Joe Dandron, who do you got? Give me one second. 
Okay. I'm ready. Didn't, didn't Trump hey, prepare me all every time know, last I'm year? I'm literally ready. I'm literally ready. I'm literally ready. <laughs> Why did you, you say give what? me I, one second now? No, I have I pulling it up. No, I, I have Coastal Carolina minus – I have Bach. Get out the way. I got okay. <laughs> I got Coastal Carolina covering minus five and a half against Georgia Southern. Okay. That's it. I have no no reason. Just picking it. Like that. Like that. Clear mind right there. The less you know, the more you know. Is that a saying? I think it is. But no, it is not. It's not. But hey, maybe that's a saying for this podcast. The less we know, the more we do know. It doesn't make any. It contradicts itself. But that's how this SRC podcast goes. Bob, who do you got? I have because I spent the last seven days in the lovely state of North Carolina. Beautiful. I believe that your hated Tar Heels, Mr. Stearns, it's North Carolina NC State this weekend from Chapel Hill. Is that a rivalry, Stearns? Yeah, it is. I mean, there's not really a lot of football rivalry at any collegiate level in North Carolina, to be honest with you. I mean, Tobacco Road in North Carolina between UNC and Duke is a different animal than anything up here. Like you guys think Michigan, Michigan State is intense. Duke, North Carolina, and Durham is insane. Yeah. And even NC State, Duke, NC State, North Carolina is nuts. But no, there are really no good football teams in North Carolina. I mean, it, it's a rivalry that you get up for, but it, it's kind of like Michigan, Minnesota. You know, it's not okay. a rivalry, but it's nothing huge. So the Tar Heels, we talked about them earlier in the show, how they just had a terrible loss on Saturday. They are favored by 15 and a half points against the Wolfpack. And I think they're going to cover that. I think Mac's going to have them ready. They're going to, they've been woken up like by that their picture. poor play, by their poor play in Tallahassee. And I think the Tar Heels cover 15 and a half and get their season back on track against like NC State. Thank you. Nets pit. I, I, I mean, I've been, me and Bob kind of this whole like, month last month and a half kind of talked up Tennessee a little bit how maybe they can make some moves and stuff they're getting 21 and a half at Neyland Stadium as Alabama comes to town they're gonna lose by a million to Alabama this Saturday a million at 330 on CBS by a million know why because they fired one of their coaches mid-game last week did you guys see that story that they I think they fired their D-line coach in the middle of the Kentucky game last week I just, did not see that. Just unbelievable. I mean, I like, yeah, a lot's going on over there. The quarterback situation is not good. If you don't have a good quarterback and you obviously don't have a good defensive line against Alabama, it's going to get ugly. Jalen Waddle goes for three touchdowns. Alabama wins by four or five touchdowns. I like Alabama. I, I was so close to picking that game, but I figured since I was just came from Carolina and that Stearns – does not like Carolina that that'd be I should yeah that's a good game this is kind of a sucker line because you would think Alabama would be like 24 point favorites 21 and a half is it seems low for Alabama especially the way they played last week so I I don't know we'll see but man does it this week felt good it felt like we were actually doing SRC the last couple weeks were kind of like we're not faking it but the excitement's not there now that we got a game on Saturday now that we got Bach and Stearns back on the air it feels real it really does. Can't can't wait to yell at you from Spartan Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Give give the people the information they need to know to listen. Sure, it's 
11.30 a.m. Eastern on 88.9 FM in the Lansing area or impact89fm.org slash listen live from anywhere on God's green earth. You can listen to myself and Nathan Stearns yell about Michigan State football on Saturday afternoon. Objectively, as an objective observer, Eric Bach and Nathan Stearns are probably the two best collegiate play-by-play slash color people you're going to get on a, on a football game. And I'm being serious. Very professional broadcast. Appreciate that, Mr. Collins. I'm being, I'm being serious. I, I wouldn't lie to you. But that, uh, the, uh, and, and hey, listen, hey, read, hey, read Joe Dandron's column slash whatever you're doing. Are you, are you I, a columnist? I, there, be a, there will be a column on Saturday morning. Once I get to the stadium, there's a column coming. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, Dandron's been killing that at the stadium. My he, editors don't even know it's coming. The, he's waiting to get to the stadium to write it. Yeah, there no, I'm, I like I'm serious. I am. Get up, he walk. needs a hot dog in him. Not the walk. Needs a hot dog and a pretzel, and he'll be ready to go. But, yeah, oh. Joe Dantron's killing that same news. Read his stuff, too. It's been very, very he good. Cups of coffee. Read Stearns' stuff on impact89fm.org. We got a bunch of guys writing football now. I saw Sutton wrote a piece. I've seen a bunch of other guys. I, I don't want to, like, misrepresent everyone else, but – there's been a lot of good stuff going on the Impact website, too. So keep up with that. We'll be back next week for Rivalry Week. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about, especially <laughs> since we know nothing about this Michigan State and Michigan football teams yeah. going into this week. But we're excited. But for Ryan Collins, Nathan Stearns, Joseph Dandron, and Eric Bach, we'll see you guys next week, and thank you for listening.